0: Less than two and a half hours for puck drop, San Jose Sharks and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Have we mentioned it's a 6 p.m. start, JB? I think we beat that horse pretty good. Did we? <laughs> yeah. You know how I know? Sh- Sheldon Keefe told me. For those of you uh, that weren't around for the top of the hour, Sheldon Keefe put everything to rest with this very scientific explanation of why. The Toronto Maple Leafs chose a 6 p.m. start tonight. Have a listen. Oh. Do we have it?
1: <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. We lost it. We, Did the, the Maple, you, know what, you know what happened? The Maple Leafs no. heard it. I'm, I'm, I'm. <laughs> I think they snuck in here and... Re-
0: no, no. You know what it's like? It's like uh, instructions for Mission Impossible. He says it once, and then it, it implodes. It, uh, it's just gone. I'm, it's gone.
2: I'm, what? I'm, I'm what? not certain how exactly that came together, to be honest, but uh, I think that's <laughs> that is part of it on how you know it's going to help us in terms of the back-to-backs and such. But <laughs> I'm not engaged in you know setting the schedule at times. Uh, like that, so.
0: I got no clue why it's at six p.m.
1: One of my favorite things of stories, sports stories, is that uh, oh, we got you know I'll save it. No, save no, it. it's nothing. It's nothing. It's not even hockey
0: related. <laughs> 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 Moving on. See what I'm dealing with, yeah. Brett. Yeah, hey Keper, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, pal. How are you, Brett Hedigan's joining us, former NHLer and hockey analyst for San Jose Sharks and NBCSN. Uh your job's a lot easier uh, the last 3 games?
3: Yeah, you you know how that is, right? When the team's not playing very well over the last couple of years, it's been it's been tough, you know, cuz as a player, as you know, you see the little things that aren't, you know, being done and and the team struggling and You know, you're trying to give the fans what they deserve, which is an honest feedback. And then also knowing that you were a player one day or, you know, used to be a player and that you've made a lot of mistakes in your your time as a player. But, uh, yeah, a a much easier product to call um, the last three games for the Sharks. They've gotten off to a good start.
1: Brett, the, uh, the the sharks weren't exactly a defensive juggernaut uh, of yore, but this season so far, I mean, they they're they're barely getting scored on. Scored on. I think they have the best goals against per game in the league right now. Has something changed? The D. I guess I'll just leave it there. Has something changed?
3: Oh, a lot has changed. Aiden Hill and James Reimer. I mean, that's you yeah. know, when when a team at the end of the season. And looking at the goals against average, and you guys can do your research on this, but the last three years, they've been almost near the bottom of the league, if not the last team in the league as far as save percentage and goals against average. So that was one of the biggest commitments you saw right at the end of the season last year when Doug Wilson sat kind of some of us media down said, look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go after uh, some new goaltenders. That's a priority. And then obviously a third-line center position is something that I need to address. So those two things... He went out and executed Aiden Hill. They looked at analytics and said, "Boy, we've got a young kid here. He's six foot six, and he checks off that box. He's a big goalie, which is kind of the prototype goaltender these days, as you know, and a 25 year old, you know, young guy. So, not a lot of experience yet, obviously, in the National Hockey League. Uh, but his analytics, as far as moving left to right, post to post." was really off the charts, and that's something that, that's why they went after Aiden Hill. James Reimer had been in the organization before. Bob Bugner had him also in Florida when he was coaching the Panthers, and so there's some trust there. So that's the biggest thing that I'm seeing is that the goaltending change has made a drastic difference, and then obviously the Nick Benino and uh, Andrew Cogliano, two veteran guys that you don't think are a big deal probably under the radar. Um, but when you really break it down, as far as ice time is concerned, they're much more defensive and there's some more trust there in that third line center position with Nick Benino, which would take some minutes away from Kachura and hurdle.
0: How about the game face on Eric Carlson? I'm watching his first intermission uh, interview and is he salty man?
3: Yeah. 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 You're right. I think, there's a lot of there's a chip on his shoulder, and there's a chip on a lot of the veterans' shoulder. I mean, everybody in the league, and you guys, I'm sure, broke it down. I don't even know if anybody has even mentioned the Sharks going into the season. I know in all of the, uh, you know, the magazines and whatnot, and any, any of the predictions, they had them at eighth in the in the Pacific. Um, you know, I was listening to the radio one day when somebody's talking about the Western and, and particularly the 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 Pacific division, and they didn't even mention the San Jose Sharks organization. So. I think as a whole, you know, Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, Tomas Hurdle, Logan Couture, you know, these are the guys that for me and Vlasic have a big chip on their shoulder, not only to have a better season, but also personally, I mean, Eric Carlson just hasn't performed uh, the way you guys have probably seen him perform up in Ottawa uh, for the Sharks. He just hasn't found his game yet, but we're seeing glimpses of that here to start the year.
1: So I'm sorry to have to have this conversation, but you can't not talk about Evander Kane a little bit. Uh, you know, is, is it possible that a change in room chemistry has anything to do with the success, or is this just entirely unrelated to, to what's going on there?
3: Well, you know, Kipper, too, you could probably comment on this, is, you know, sometimes there's an addition through subtraction just as far as the exterior noise that's going on that Evander, you know, brought around this team even last year. Um, I think having him completely removed going into training camp you know, 10 new bodies, 10 new guys that have joined this team that weren't here last year that are on the roster right now. And, and eight of them are in the lineup, you know, over the first three games and will be in the lineup tonight. Um, so when you're looking at new bodies in, a, in an environment, you're trying to bring these guys up to speed and you're trying to, you know, conform everybody into this culture that you've been trying to kind of get this team to come together, you know, over the last few years, it just hasn't happened all of a sudden, you know, the you know, addition through subtraction with Kane not being around, say what you want. This team really looks close. You're seeing them respond to, to teammates immediately, where last year it almost took 10, 15 games for a, a teammate to stand up for somebody. Um, it took really a period and a half for the Sharks to stand up for one another, and it was a whole four-guy unit stepping up for the guy on the ice. So um, you're seeing a completely different environment with, as far as culture is concerned with the Sharks this year.
4: Brett
0: Hedigan is joining us who uh, does tremendous work with uh, the San Jose Sharks as an analyst on NBCSN. Just one more on, on Kane. The San Jose Sharks get 21 days where they don't have to publicly speak of it. But is there any scenario that you see that could put Evander Kane back in a San Jose Shark uniform? Because I don't.
3: Uh, you know, you're you're saying the same thing Randy Hahn has said to me, my my partner on the broadcast, the, the veteran, uh, the great play-by-play guy. Um, you know, he's basically said the same thing that you said, Kipper. Um, me, I think there's 7 million reasons why you'd almost have to put him back in. Obviously, that's his salary. Um, but the good news is, is you know, Hassel Plattner, the owner of the Sharks, one of the richest owners in, in National Hockey League, um, you know, he's the one that this will probably fall upon. I mean, do you want to buy the guy out? and or have him stay away from this team is that better for the development of where you want these 10 new bodies and some of their young players to go in the future or is it 7 million reasons you're paying this guy let's put him back on the ice and hopefully he's learned some lessons and you know taken care of some of the off-ice issues that he's been trying to deal with so hey nobody's perfect as far as Evander Kane I mean we've all had our problems in life but uh, you know when it comes to hockey you know, you want to make sure your teammate is is pulling the rope for you like you're pulling the rope for him. And, you know, there's a lot of rumors about Kane and things he's done off the ice that, you know, has let down his teammates. And I think he's got a lot to prove if he were to come back in that locker room.
1: It's going to expose an uh, organizational set of priorities, isn't it? Like if they decide that you know they they can't have this guy in cuz of their fit and culture and beliefs versus if they decide they're a team that doesn't want to waste money it's going to be a direct refl- reflection of the organization is it not
3: well yeah you're you're making a good point and this is a and I, I think kipper when you say they got 21 days to think about it or 21 games if you will to think about this decision you know we don't know anything as far as the media it's been pretty quiet right. but you have to understand inside those locker inside those doors if you will in the Sharks management and coaching staff. I'm sure they're having these conversations and thinking about, you know, long-term effects if they bring them back or the effects of what this team continues to grow like uh, if they keep them away. So um, look, this is a, these are big decisions. I think over the next 21 days, even though it's been really quiet. And as you mentioned, Kipper 21 games to think about it.
0: Hey, Brett, we're, we're looking at a real early sample size of, of, of this season. Yet there are some interesting storylines, and, and Buffalo is one of them, and, and San Jose I think we can put in that mix. But when you truly look, Brett, at that Pacific division, I, come on. I, how can you not think that maybe San Jose Sharks could still find a way to make the playoffs?
3: I agree. And, you know, even before the season, I, you know, watching this team perform in preseason, um, seeing what they've been doing with Brent Burns and Carlson, you know, these are two of the best defensemen in the world. Let's, let's call it what it is. And if you were to start an organization and say, hey, I'm going to give you Brent Burns and Eric Carlson, you'd feel pretty good about yourself. And even though Carlson hasn't lived up to billing, if you will, um, this guy has shown sign of brilliance. Now, the experiment is over, is what Bob Bugner said about the power play. He wanted to split these guys up, and that's what you've seen here to start the season. They've got five power play goals in the first three games, and both these units have produced and the reason why is because it's been predictable. They've had one guy go over the boards with four forwards or the other guy. So you're either putting Burns or Carlson for the full two minutes. You've got a threat on the ice. So for me, you're, you, you get a lot of things that are happening within this team with William Eklund, this 19-year-old kid that's got some talent. Jonathan Dolan. I, I love Ulf Dahlin's son, who's been a really nice addition with Couture. And Timo Meier, for me, is a guy that's just been non-existent the last couple of years. He's kind of gotten off the rails of what he could be as far as a 30-goal scorer, which he's been. Um, that line, for me, has been dominant. But, again, going back to Nick Benino has been a nice addition to be able to add more ice time in critical areas, that trust that Benino brings for a third-line center to take some of those minutes away from Tomas, Hurdle, and Logan, which we're keeping them fresh.
1: So it's, it sounds to me like you don't see this Sharks start as like a smoke and mirrors thing. Like you think this team is, is a team that actually can make a, a playoff push this season and maybe a softer division where a lot of people had them written off. Is that fair? So tro- Toronto's got their hands full tomorrow is what I'm asking.
3: Well, uh, you mean, today, I mean, right, Toronto, tonight, sorry, sorry, this yeah. game is today. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Toronto is going to be a tough opponent. I mean, if Sharks are traveling the East Coast. It's an earlier game for them. They played last night. Toronto's been rested. I think Sharks are going to have their hands full. But I think this team, you're right, the Pacific Division isn't as strong as the other divisions. We all know that. Uh, but I think this team has, is really ripe right if they continue to get the goaltending and they can stay healthy. Uh, this team is, is a, for me, I believe a playoff team.
0: Uh, I don't know if anybody's told you this, but it's a 6 p.m. start tonight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wild. Like, okay, did anybody ask San Jose if they wanted an earlier start after a back-to-back? Did it? Did, no, nobody wanted to ask them.
3: No, I, I, was it just because of Toronto uh, is getting on the road to head back to the U.S. Yeah, or they go to get the U.S. Rest tomorrow? Right? They,
0: they want to yeah. get their sleep. They're sleepy. And um, there's a doctor somewhere that says they don't, they shouldn't eat past 9 p.m. or something. I don't know. <laughs>
3: That's great. But, no, I, I agree with you guys. I, I think, you know, nobody's really looking at the Sharks, and, but I think they've done some good things. Um, you know, Jasper Weatherby scored uh, opening night, six foot 6'4", 200-pounder from University of North Dakota. Um, he's a big body. He can handle fourth-line minutes and, and handle himself in the corners. Lane Peterson came off of uh, Arizona. I think he's been a nice addition on that fourth line as well. So they're, they're younger, they're stronger, they're more deeper down the middle. And then the main thing for me is goaltending. If if this continues to move the way it's been moving so far in preseason and the first three games, I think this team's going to be in good shape.
0: They, they going to decide anything with Hurdle? Because there are some rumblings that he may be available at the trade deadline. Uh, he needs a new ticket. Uh, what's what's your sense?
3: My sense is that Hurdle is probably in a wait and see what's going to happen with this culture and as far as Kane and uh, that's what's been written by Kevin Kurz, who uh, writes for The Athletic, um, You know, talking about Tomas Hurdle. Would he love to stay here in San Jose? Yes, I believe he does, and he would probably take a, a hometown discount, if you will, to stay. But he has to be able to see good, positive things coming around him because he's just like everybody. As you get older in your career, you want to win a Stanley Cup. Um, he's had some success here in San Jose and, and wants to get back into that dance.
1: You know, we'll ask you one more uh, Toronto-centric question here. Uh, James Reimer, he was a beloved Toronto Maple Leaf for a while. Is there anything left in the tank? Do you love the man? What are your thoughts on Reimer and his uh, where he's at in his career?
3: I, I'm excited about him. You know, I, he I loved his game last night. Boy, he played terrific. Yeah. Um, and you know, for me, what I've been hearing from Bob, and I've watched him a little bit, both these guys in practice is Bob Booner told me that both these guys compete in practice like they've never seen goaltenders. I mean, I, nothing against Martin Jones. Love him, you know, for what he did for the Sharks in 16 to take him to the Stanley Cup. But I just didn't see him working like a Stanley cup champion does every day, like, you know, a Nick Benino who gets it, who understands who's won a Stanley cup, who understands the, the daily grind of practice and how that makes you better in a game. And, and when you have Aiden Hill and James Reimer competing in practice, diving for saves, it lifts the team. And so I'm, I'm really excited about James Reimer and Aiden Hill. I think both these guys are going to give anything in the 900 save percentage or a goals against in the two. I think the sharks will be ecstatic.
0: Brett, we know you got to prepare for the game tonight. We really appreciate your time. I'd uh, love to have you on again down the road.
3: Uh, no, a pleasure to be talking with you, uh, Justin and Nick. And anytime you guys uh, need me, I'd love to talk.
0: Ah, uh, great. Brett Head again, everybody. Former NHLer and now uh, current analyst. He's getting ready for San Jose and the Toronto Maple Leafs puck drop, 6 p.m. So, JB, hmm. we talked about it all week. The Leafs had ample time to prepare Map out their strategy going into tonight. Uh, they've watched, they've practiced, they watched video. Whole oh, yeah. week of prep, no uh, excuse had, tonight. I by had, the way, I had heard, None. I had heard that they may have snuck in a Halloween party this week. Oh, did they consume alcohol? And so more bonding. How, by the way, did that uh, elude the media?
1: I don't know. Because
0: usually there's a thousand pictures on Instagram and and Twitter on costumes and you know who's wearing what, but nothing.
2: Yeah. Nothing if I'm not mistaken. Well, there was a Halloween party this week. You're right, and there's a little intel into that because TJ Brody was interviewed, uh which he never never speaks to the media like like uh, Bornie likes to joke about he's just he hides in plain sight in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> But he shaved his beard, so everybody asked him why he shaved his beard, and apparently it was for a uh, Guy Fieri Halloween costume. So, <laughs> yes. There you go. Breaking news from the other side I, of the glass. I love the fact
0: that Sammy knows. N- nobody tweeted. Yeah. I love that. None of the players. None of the players. Well, there's nothing so to clearly be they yeah, got. I was going to say, clearly it they goes go, badly. They, they got together and they said, boys no no media no yeah no media
1: yeah and by they got together you mean the team said hey you idiots no one tweet anything
0: all internal yes i like it um, i like it a lot so nobody got to see a picture of jack campbell in his uh red lobster costume
1: all of you are dying to see the picture i have of willie nylander with the Marleys as elsa from frozen but i'm not tweeting that out out of respect for him wow it is on my phone though uh, i well, let me see, let me <laughs> I'll see I'll that it i'll show you the break thank you
2: thank you okay, okay. hold on
1: right. i gotta say one thing about the sharks and and Hedikin. jasper Weatherby's not a real name that can't be a real person is it
2: jasper weatherby is that did he make that name up sammy it sounded like a creative player name. I was like, I, I don't know. And we were looking at, what was the other guy's name on the back end that played 20 minutes the other night that I'd never Middleton. heard of? Middleton. Yeah, he's seventh round pick. Just played. shows you how focused we got on the
0: Canadian
1: division last year. Well, he's like, Jasper, Weatherby. I, I he was think, like, Wasn't he the principal
2: in the Archie comics?
0: That's, that's the way it works right now with some of these teams. Yeah. That you just hope one day that people aren't asking, what's his name? And it, it becomes household. Right. That's, that's all gonna we ever wanted. He's going to six
1: tonight in Toronto and be famous forever. <laughs>
0: Jasper. <laughs> hey, we also got Brian Burke. We have not mentioned that, but uh, that should have
1: been the whole show. The plug. we got
0: Brian Burke. I'm gonna give it to him too when I talk to him about what he's oh, the president of the I'll Pittsburgh Penguins. I'll he's find, unassailable. No, 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 no. No, I'll find something to go <laughs> at it. And we got him in about 15 minutes here. So as uh, we were we were speaking of gearing up towards tonight. Let's go a little further past Pittsburgh because it does get busier for them next week. And you can actually look at the next four or five games, JB, and kind of look at it and kind of forecast where the Leafs again are going with Hutchinson. We know he goes tonight. We know Campbell goes against Pittsburgh and Brian Burke's team tomorrow night. But then it gets kind of interesting with a Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. And if I'm not mistaken, it's Carolina, Chicago on Wednesday, Carolina on Monday, and then home against Detroit on Saturday. Is there a chance that we can see Campbell, Campbell, Campbell? Oh, no, that not, was that's not what the plan was, but and then maybe Hutchinson next Saturday. Yeah.
1: So you're saying Campbell gets the Penguins, the Hurricanes, and the Blackhawks. You give Hutch the Red Wings on the Saturday. All I know is it doesn't feel super comfortable hearing Campbell, Campbell, Campbell when the plan was uh, load management for the guy who had had injury issues in the past. But I see what you're saying. There's a day off between the games. These are good teams they are playing. They're trying to get two points every night. You pay the guy. Got to play him. So, yeah, I think it's very possible. You know, there's a case here, Kipper, where... It doesn't go Campbell, 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 where it goes Campbell, 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 Campbell.
0: Because there's, no. two, there's
1: two, yeah, sure. No, no,
0: just to your point, I, I don't care. You, you're, you're right. He's got a guy with a history of a groin issue himself. It's two days off, though. It's Wednesday, Saturday, from from uh, Blackhawks to, to Red Wings. But, but is that what you want to do to this guy this early in the season? No, it's not. <laughs>
1: right? Do you want to play Hutchinson, so, though, on a Saturday it, night? Campbell
0: in two days rest? Would it uh, Would it change your mind if Campbell won in Pittsburgh, you have to go with Campbell versus Frederick Anderson Monday. Have to, have
1: to, there's have to there's
0: not a chance if in the hell people. you're gonna put Hutchinson against Frederick Anderson and eat that crap sandwich if you lose. It
1: would well, be cowardly even if you win. You gotta you gotta go head to head with the boys.
0: So if if he can manage a win in Pittsburgh and Carolina, then maybe you go Hutchinson versus Chicago on Wednesday.
1: Yep. That I'll hear. Uh, that, that I could see, right? Because you're talking about a couple of games, two, two games and three nights. Uh, Chicago's not, you know, okay. not been a force.
0: Let's change gears. I want to talk okay. about uh, Kaki and Emmy last night uh, pouring salt on an open wound in Montreal, scoring a goal. Uh, and then the shenanigans, not on the ice, <laughs> off the ice, with Carolina and their social media. Yeah. Now, Sammy, was, was, there, was there one tweet that they
2: actually pulled off? Is that, was that what you were telling me? Well, they, I mean, they've been acting very badly acting th- a full- throughout this whole thing, going back to when they signed Cock and Yemi, you know, making the the Ajo jokes and all that. But after they won last night, and I'm searching for the tweet here, and maybe they have actually deleted it but they tweeted out a just a url to a website saying um oh no they did it's still here it said didthehabslose.com so if you go to that website now it's it's uh, not a domain anymore it's 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 a godaddy thing but last night if you clicked that link you could go on there and you could buy either a. It, first of all, it said did the Habs lose? There was a big thing that said yes. It said yes, they did. So it was a, a stupid joke. And then you could buy jerseys of Sebastian Aho and uh, yes, Barry Kock and Yemi. So they're trying to you know really troll the Montreal Canadiens, really get everybody fired up about it on social media, and you know using that to do that. So that's where we stood well, after the game.
0: And you you are a target, and your friends are a perfect target because you all hate the Montreal yeah, Canadiens. Correct.
2: So you should be loving this right now. I'm not. I'm not. I think this is incredibly embarrassing. I don't know. Like, every... Um, Yeah, exactly. I, you know, you see everybody on my social media, everybody on Twitter, everybody, you know, people sending it to me in my life who are Leaf fans saying, how great is this? And I don't think it's great. I, I just think, you know... You actually feel bad for the Montreal Canadian fans right now. I don't... That's a tough. That's a tough thing to say. I don't know if I necessarily feel bad, but there is a part of sympathy. I just think a social media for an NHL team sending out this stuff, trying to be funny. Like, let me ask you two guys: yeah. if you play on the Carolina Hurricanes, say you're, you know, I don't know, whoever, take take your pick. You're Freddie Anderson, and you open up your Twitter and you see the the the, the official account of your team putting out this stuff, trolling the other team. Aren't you a little bit mortified? I'd be absolutely mortified and I, embarrassed I, about this.
0: JB, I just got one word to describe this yeah. for Carolina. Yeah. Classless. Exactly.
1: I, I, I've decided
0: since our pre-show, I've changed my mind. I've decided I like it.
1: Wow. Yeah. I've decided. I've I've de- <laughs> T- T- so you're, heel. you're all in. Uh, you know, I, I heard you guys before the show, and I agree it does feel... Uh, unprofessional, you know, you're the, you're a pro hockey team. It's, you know, it's a Montreal Canadian show, some respect, all that stuff. It's petty, but you know what? The Carolina hurricanes are irrelevant. If they don't get in the mix somehow, if they don't poke a fist in your face and get in the fight and try to generate some interest, we would love to never have to think about the hurricanes, but they're making us talk about them. What else does Tom Dundon want us to do? But
0: this,
2: mm we should stop talking about it, Kipper. No, very-
0: no, he's he's wrong because <laughs> ultimately it it's just about winning. Like to, you're going to sell more tickets because you you trash the Montreal Canadiens on your social media. Is, is that does that turn into dollars or who's got a bigger Q can, score right now, I Columbus just, or Carolina? I just don't understand that you kick a dog when they're down, and there's that saying a, a worm turns. Oh, it's gonna come back. Bad. Right. It turns. <laughs> it means the weak can become strong. And in the NHL, that can happen pretty quickly. Yeah. So Oh, it's it's awful. It's Listen, just,
1: I, I, I hated the storm surge too. I it, one of the people who said and, I wouldn't have done it. Or I would have that, done enough just to not
0: embarrass the On team. top of that, it's the Montreal Canadiens. Okay? Yeah. one of the most storied franchises. On the planet. It's like okay. being a nobody on Twitter trying to raise your stock by picking a Twitter fight with someone who's a big deal. Uh, so you're, Seattle, you're raising your own Seattle profile. Seattle Mariners really going and, and hitting the New York Yankees between the eyes. Would they ever do that? I mean, no. But. Like, I, I just don't like it. I, I don't think I, it's necessary. I don't
1: like it either, but I You've appreciate got a good what they're team. trying
0: to do. You've got a good team. Let that do the talking. That's a
1: very hockey way. That's how hockey's been. That's you not just do it on the ice. You know, speak with your
2: actions. Boy, like they're trying to be different. That had outside of you know, going back to on the ice. God, that's got to be a tough pill to swallow for Habs fans. Seeing Cock and Yami tuck one in your fifth straight loss when you only score one goal. I uh, can't feel good.
1: Just having a great time too in the
2: presser after. That, was, that's that's the least of their worries right now.
0: You're for, right? right. That's they're, probably, they're knocking on the door with. The, the worst start in franchise history and, and where's the upside? Look at that blue line. Eesh. Where is the upside for the Montreal Canadian fans? This will be shaping up to be maybe one of the longest years in their franchise history.
1: No team in NHL history has gone to the Stanley cup final and then started the next season. zero and six, they're knocking on the door of history. And my question to you is how soon do fans turn the page to okay Shane Wright season? Like how many? How badly does it have to start if they're two and eight? Do they have a chance to make playoffs still? No. Three no. and seven?
0: No. Is he done? No. Again, where's the upside here? Who's going to save them? They're going to start scoring goals all of a sudden. Is there?
1: I guess Carey Price uh, is the answer. Maybe Jake, he comes back and he gets hot.
0: When? I don't know. When he's. i i saw that they put him on the list for the canadian olympic team they had to submit Mm -hmm. a list and he was one of uh six goaltenders boy
2: oh boy so right now it's looking like a long shot so i just was uh, alerted to this by a a listener uh it said click that link now it's pretty funny so i clicked it and uh, didthehabslose.com now says the Carolina Hurricanes suck. Just spreading the truth to a bunch of it's copyrighted, but you get it. So somebody from Montreal bought that, uh, <laughs> bought the domain and, and put that up there on that. So that's there you awesome. go, a little heel turn for the Habs
0: fans. Any hustle?
2: Uh, any idea of what it cost? No, that's but a you know, great wor-
1: question. It's probably like 50 bucks.
2: Yeah, it's probably worth it for that person. Probably felt really good, but they don't suck, and the Habs do. So yeah, yeah that's uh,
0: <laughs> that's interesting. good. Just point. to kind of talk about. Sammy and his point earlier, like, we, don't, no, we don't need Montreal to suck. No. And we don't need Carolina to laugh at them. They are an original six team, man. Like I said, they're storied. We need them strong. We need them good. And, and we need the rivalries. I just I don't understand what that organization is doing by, by trashing them yeah. publicly. No, like I, I said, I the, the, the only word the only word I can come up with was, is is classless. Yeah, but you get it. You get what they're trying to do. They're
1: trying well, to they're, play in the big yes, boy arena. They're trying
0: to take the competitiveness uh, and and put it through social media.
1: Yes, we are we are a part of this NHL too. Well, says the upstart market. As I market. said, it, it,
0: this is the NHL. It can turn real quick that in can our come league back to bite them. All right, we're going to take a quick
2: break here, Sammy. Is that true? Yeah. Just wanted to say quickly before we go to break. We're going to be taking texts. We're reading texts after we talk to Berkey. So send okay. him in, five ninety five ninety, and and uh, I'll read them out to these two fellas. Did, did Berkey give us a time frame? Did he say, like, I only got, like, seven and a half
0: minutes to... Uh, Borny texted him. So. Gr- grill, <laughs> his, yeah. grill his gears. We're cutting
1: into his time right now. We better get off.
0: All right. Brian Burke, after the break, you're listening to Real Kipper and Born. All right. Where is he? Sammy, track down Brian I, Burke yet? I just
1: texted Sammy. He said uh, same number for Burke, and I think he just got a new cell number in Pittsburgh. So we're, I, I sent it over. We'll call him in a sec.
0: Couldn't keep his old cell number. Had to get rid of that one. I don't. Know. I got. I got about four different area, <laughs> area codes for Burkey. <laughs> You know, if we take a look at when he was hired with Hexy and what his team looked like then and what it looks like now, not a heck of a lot of, he's usually a guy that likes to put his thumbnail, right? His thumbprint. Yeah. over it. Yeah. But it's hard. I guess it's hard. I
1: also think they're, they're up against the cap and they're pretty good.
0: Jeff Carter was a good pickup. Yeah. There you go. How much time do we have with you? Berkey. You got, About four you, minutes. You got us on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> How are you?
4: I'm good. How are you, Kipper?
0: I'm good. Uh, just following you. I gotta follow you on social media now because you're you're such a busy guy running Pittsburgh. I kind of kind of had a chuckle of uh, your your tweet to uh, Katie Gay uh, becoming the first female referee in NHL history. A lot of a lot of sucking up there to her, but we know the first bad call she makes against you. You'd rip her open a new one, like the rest of the officials you do.
4: Well, keep in mind, this this <laughs> battle for equality and, and the treatment of women in sports, keep in mind that Brian Burke has been at the forefront of this since women's hockey became even mildly popular. And uh, I've been a, a big backer and a big supporter for more than a decade now. So these people are coming to it lately. Kind of annoy me. Uh, I think it's fantastic, fantastic that we have a female official. I think it's a wonderful development, and she's a, she's a real good hockey player. She's a good skater. I think she's got the ability to get there.
0: So we can thank Katie when you no longer rip the officials.
4: No, I didn't say I'm not going <laughs> to rip for that at all. <laughs> okay, all right. It's called situational ethics. Okay. <laughs> How are your Penguins doing? Well, we've had a, a really strong start considering our lineup. We had some injury issues, which are obvious. We had some COVID issues. And uh, the group just keeps marching ahead. I'm impressed with our ability to, or their ability more than mine to say next man up. So uh, it continues to be challenging. And we start without Sid. We start without Gino. Uh, Zach Aston-Reese is an important player for us as COVID issues. Uh, Jake Gensel misses a day or two on COVID issues. And then Brian Russ is a really important player for us gets hurt. So we face challenges, but uh, so far the attitude's been next man up. Berkey, how
1: has the relationship uh, worked with you and and Ron Hextall in terms of identifying anything you'd want to change with the team and, and how to go about that um, is is there quite a separation between your two roles? Or are you guys heavily involved uh, in those discussions together?
4: Well, I think it's a combination of both. Um, yes, we're involved. We talk hourly. We talk, you know, when I'm in the office, we talk almost constantly in and out through the day. But uh, Ron Hexall was hired as the general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and that's what he is. My job is to help him, assist him, advise him, you know, do I have, can I play the trump card at some point and say, I don't think we should do that? We haven't even come close to dealing with that. And I'll tell you an analogy. When when I was hired by the late, great Ken King to be the president of hockey operations, here's what Ken said. Imagine your business partners. Imagine mm-hmm. that you and Tree, Brad, for living, are business partners. You wouldn't walk in one day and say, I'm firing my partner or I'm taking a month off on I'm, I'm vacation. You would work through these issues in advance, so you never come to any kind of a, uh, a situation where you've got to say, I, "I can't support this." So it's been wonderful. He's a very thoughtful guy. I've enjoyed working beside him. It's been great. You know,
0: one of the players uh, the Leaf fans have had uh, their eye on the, uh, a few years ago was uh, Kapanen, and there was the trade, obviously to Pittsburgh. This guy's this guy's good. Berkey, and he's been pretty darn good for you.
4: Yeah, Cappy, you know, there was a lot of speculation when the trade went down with Toronto that Toronto got a first-round pick, and that was really a bonus, a bonanza. But the fact is that there was a first-round pick offered for Kisperi Capitan that had nothing to do with Toronto. So I think he's an important player. He's been good for us. He's been a little bit snake bit so far this year. But he's he's working his tail off and he's very creative. Uh, it'll get going for him. But so far, it's been more kind of uh, wait and see, but not for lack of effort.
1: Berkey, you've had uh, plenty of time in the Toronto market to watch this Toronto Maple Leafs team develop. You guys are going to get them on Saturday night. Uh, do you see anything different with this group this year? Do, do you believe that this team can uh, compete and win in the playoffs? Or is it uh, like a lot of people just frustrated that this looks like a regular season team more than anything else?
4: Well, it's really none of my business as far as what the Leafs do. And, uh, you know, from my perspective, they, they've approached it with a methodical approach as far as replacing the guys that had to leave and bringing in new guys and trying to get some new looks. Um, I think they're off to a good start. Uh, whether they can maintain that or not, I hope not. Certainly not till Saturday. <laughs> but uh, as far as, you know, like, in my old role, Justin, I would talk about other teams and here's what I think they need, here's what they need to do. It's none of my business now that I'm with the Penguins.
0: Okay, so let's focus on, on your team because the Leafs moved up their start time to the game tonight at 6 p.m. So inevitably they can get through some issues and get to bed one hour earlier. How do you and the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, combat that? Would you uh, read LaTang, say, a bedtime story? Uh, and put him to bed before 9 p.m.
4: tonight no the, the the nhl sets the tv times i mean my entire time in calgary we had to play at eight o'clock on saturday nights and our players hated it absolutely hated it. you remember nicky playing at eight is that extra hour seems like six hours mm-hmm. and guys hate it so we've had to put up with whatever the tv times are set by the league and obviously they're going to move them around and try and maximize viewership so whatever time they tell us to start, we'll be there and we'll start. So I, I view it as a non-issue. And, and again, the league does that. It's not favoring one team or another or do you at least get home an hour early or anything like that. It's more, how do you maximize viewership, especially with new broadcast partners?
1: Berkey, we had uh, Mike Rupp on earlier on the show, and he was talking about your Penguins team and how it seems like without the big names in the lineup, it's almost like guys feel more emboldened to be drivers rather than just passengers do you think there's a thing, in, and not just with your team, but in hockey in general, where teams really do, when they have superstars in the lineup, kind of defer to them and wait for them to do it? Is there some sort of change in focus without those guys in the lineup?
4: Yes, and Mike Sullivan has talked to the team about that, but I think it's a subconscious thing whether you talk to them or not. I think when you're on the ice with good players, you defer to them. And you'll pass up, you'll see players over pass the puck to try and get a, a great goal scorer to score a goal or get back on track. And so it does corrode your offense a little bit where guys are overhandling the puck and overlooking, especially on the power play, where you've got a certain number of options. So you've got option number one, option number two, and you'll see guys overlooking a chance to handle a puck to make option number one happen. And so that's a very real problem for teams with superstars. And it's a, it's a A cost benefit that i think what teams do when they don't have those guys dressed so kucherov gets hurt you see the other the other players on the team have to pick up that slack and our guys have done a good job of that
0: hey brian you've had some some ample time now uh with hexi in pittsburgh when you first took over you've had the reputation of being a guy that likes to put his uh thumbprint on a hockey club uh with a Pandemic, a flat cap has it been tougher for you to do that uh, and and where is the marketplace right now?
4: Well, the flat cap you know that affects any team that's capped and, and we're capped We're our ownership group spends the cap every year and uh, we've been near the cap. It's kind of it's affected our decision making in terms of what we've been able to do and what players we were able to have. We didn't have much space to do much. But the guys that we added, we thought were really critical additions. To bring in a Dan Heinen, who's been really good for us so far. To bring in a Brock McGinn, who's been really good for us so far. We're really happy with the changes we made, even though they were kind of at bargain basement prices. So to my, you know, from my perspective, there's not a lot we've been able to do, but what we've done, we've maximized the, the output on. So I think that there's a lot of teams in our situation that are capped or near capped, don't have a lot of cap room, and uh can't do much in terms of adding or subtracting from their players, so uh we're in a in a boat with a lot of teams, but I think we've taken full advantage of the cash space that we've had
0: all right, I'm told I gotta let you go. You know I could shoot the you know what with you all day, but uh you're a busy guy, I'm told
4: <laughs> well, no one told me we had to go. I still got five more minutes if you want
0: all right, okay then let's I want to go to Sid and did you know that he was been nursing an injury since, uh, what, six years ago? Because uh, it makes him that much more special to, to see what he's accomplished with a, a wrist that was less than 100%. Well,
4: I knew there was some injury issues there and some history, but I didn't know the extent of it. And That's just what makes him even more special is that this guy's been an elite performer battling an injury for several years. And with this latest iteration of it, with the surgery – Uh, Obviously, it was a a gut-wrenching decision to have the surgery or not, and then ultimately the decision was made and and Sid's in his rehab. But I'm not sure more thought went into a decision like this than certainly since I've been here in terms of do we do this or do we not, what does the doctor recommend, what does Sid want to do. And so I think the proper thought went into it. Obviously, critics would have said at the time and did say, well, if you'd had the surgery three weeks earlier, he'd he'd almost be ready to play, but that's not how it works with an injury like that. It's kind of how it feels. It's kind of how it reacts to things. It's kind of what the pictures show when they take x-rays or MRIs. So it's a a convoluted, difficult situation and a difficult decision at the end. So I'm content the right amount of time went into it, the right amount of contemplation went into it, and the right call was made. Now we just got to get him back.
1: Last one for me, Berkey. I'm always curious when, um, you know, you've done this a number of times in your career where you've gone into an organization and I'm sure you find out a bunch of new information once you get there. I sit here on the media side and talk like I know about what's going on with all these different clubs. How much was revealed to you? He's gone. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm not, you know, he was, he had to go anyway. Didn't he say five minutes? (laughs) He hung up on me. (laughs) It's possible. (laughs) <laughs> it's
0: very possible. I did work with him for long enough to know it's possible. Oh no, no 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 no! <laughs> they they say uh, timing's everything eh, in comedy. I'm not calling him back. That was no wrong. no no don't. Boy, does he think you're important? <laughs> <laughs> he was like,
1: yeah, he had to change lanes or something He's like oh, uh,
0: there, I'm See, go. I was gonna let you come in with this <laughs> the this softball, mm-hmm. and I was gonna hit him right between the eyes on uh, on Gino. And, you were? Yeah. You're going heavy? I was going Gino's done this year, bud. He's not coming back next year.
1: <laughs> I'm
0: glad I'm glad the call dropped. Oh, that got awkward. Yeah. I can't believe he did that to you. Well,
2: listen. Something happened.
0: No, he, nothing happened. He just he just hung up. Oh man. yeah, he no, just he hung up. 100%. <laughs> and he's laughing uh, right now. I'm texting him. And I'm laughing as well. Yeah. I'm not calling him back, boys. Well, so. it is text line Friday. Do you think
1: he'll he'll text in? Maybe. I don't know. We might, have, we might have to go to the text then, shall
2: we? Well, I want to I get you guys' take on something before we get to, uh, we get to the text. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah let's of do course, it. Of course. Well, Kipper and I were talking about McDavid, and I don't know if you watched uh, the game last night, but he, uh, he, 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 contrib- he contributed again. Stop it. He's from another planet. Eleven, so he's got 11 points in his first four games, uh, which is pretty good. No. Historically, it's pretty great. So Kipper asked me to find out what Gretzky's best starts were. So in 84, Gretzky had 13 points through uh, four games. In 89, 12 points through four games. 94, 11 points, 87, 10. So... McDavid's start in the first four games is right up there with pretty much any uh, Gretzky season, which is pretty remarkable.
1: He's on pace for 225 points right now,
2: 2.75. By the way, Berkey
1: texted me, lost you there. (laughs) 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 I know. (laughs) Yeah. I know. uh, Thanks, tips. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I put that together. uh, Okay, so the McDavid thing. Any Uh, chance at 200 ever? So I pretty I I called them to get over 160 this year, and that feels like the floor. Two points per game feels like the floor for me this season. It's absurd. Although watching him against the Arizona Coyotes last night I was watching a guy in the American
0: League. Yeah. I can't believe how bad the coyotes are. They are atrocious. How many games no, they get to no, play? No, 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 no. How many ge- they've played, what, four games? Yeah, that sounds right. They've played all four games in their own zone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Truly. No, I'm serious. Truly. Like I kept flipping back and forth, and I'm like <laughs> Is, is my screen stuck? Am I getting the pinwheel from uh, uh, the streaming? So are you watching no, no, ESPN no, Plus? no. It's just... It's just... Uh, that's the way Arizona plays. The uh, the
1: 29th... Yeah, the, uh, I'll just save the long story. They're minus 14 in goal differential through four games. Minus 14. They they They're just not going to win many games this year.
0: I still think it's impossible for... McDavid to score two hundred points. I I think it's in today's era, right? Just impossible.
1: Well, the goals per game in the NHL when Gretzky did it were like eight and a half or nine goals a game, and now it's like six.
0: Like the total goals per game. Go watch some of the goalies back then. I know they weren't very good.
1: And it's not to be disrespectful to those athletes, yeah. And it's not to be disrespectful. It was a different time in goaltending. There is no doubt, though, that it was the the hugest evolution has been in goaltending.
0: I will say this, though. and It's early, but I am starting to watch more and more teams defend, and it ain't pretty.
1: You know what it is? Is that every defenseman now is supposed to be offensive or have offensive abilities and carry and handle the puck.
0: Rasmus Sandin's a perfect example. He is. Primo example. He is spectacular when he has the puck on his stick and he's moving forward. But this guy, when he defends... Is not NHL standard. Yeah, not yet. Seth Jones, great not yet. example.
1: Nine point five million, one of the best, highest paid D in the league. Doesn't defend overly well right now. You know who's been on on the ice for the most goals against at even strength this season? Kale McCarr. Like that's defensemen now. They they get scored on and they outscore the goals the, they give the up.
0: Puck watching right now is maybe the biggest reason why. McDavid could end up with 175 points or 200.
1: I wonder what the goals per game are this year compared to previous. It feels high. It's
0: one of the most basic things when you're defending. Just stay between the puck carrier and the net. That's a hard thing for a lot of guys right now in the NHL.
1: But what's crazy is the guys who can do it are getting paid. Joel Edmondson and Ben Chirot, but then David Savard got paid. And Derek Forbort got three times three. And who the Canucks sign this offseason? Tucker Poolman got three times three.
0: Muzzin's something. still three arguably two. the most important defender or the defenseman. And Morgan Riley's awesome, but Muzzin is the key. He is the only one I watch that truly does the defends. defense, and he's not off to a great start this year. But you assume that uh, he'll shore that up. But those guys, like what's Muzzin making? Almost six, five and a half, yeah, five and a half, six for a guy that doesn't score. It's like that's, that's a good paying job. If I'm a defenseman right now, I'd I'd work on defending.
1: What would Chris Tanev get from the Flames? What was his contract? I, Four and a half? Yeah. And and what does he do? He blocks shots exclusively. Teams place a lot of value on that, but defensemen, all young defensemen today. I feel like no one comes into the league as a demon anymore who's meant to be a defense man. They're all O-man.
0: So,
2: Semi, yep. we got a few uh, text messages because. Uh, we do have a few texts, but I want to. Isn't. Let's get back to what you guys are just talking about there quickly before I do. Isn't that just sort of the early season thing? Don't we do have this conversation every first couple weeks where it's wide open and then it tightens up and we talk about how good all the defensemen are? Like, isn't this sort of like an annual conversation? I don't know. You think it's different?
1: It's loose at the start every year.
0: I think it's it's really loose. And I don't think we can read anything into the first week and a half, two weeks. But I think what it's showing more and more is that uh, the gap between the best and the worst, I think, is just... Shrinking even more. Yeah. And unfortunately, you wish that it was the bottom teams raising up towards the good teams. But it's almost like ass backwards right now. It's actually the good teams. Are, are dropping their levels I love that down to the it's bottom teams. It comes the cap,
1: right? Everyone, No one can do anything. They can't keep their good players. You got to get rid of them once you get too good. Okay. No one we, can we, add we've anyone. Got,
0: we've, Justin, we've got 32 teams in this league. Can we make a list of which ones we think are aren't very good? That's a long list. Yeah. Like, I'd rather sit here and say the list is long on the teams that we think are good. But we may have legitimately 15 teams over 15 teams that are just I don't want to say bad but they're not good
1: there's there's a case that parody has really hurt the league like super teams we should right now what if all the Kings okay. Blackhawks I, and Penguins got to keep their players I think that cup teams. I
0: think that word parody yeah is the most overrated word in hockey
1: you know what do you mean? Like you don't think it exists, or you don't think it's it should exist? I think
0: people should stop confusing parody with mediocrity. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what I see. I, I and parody, but what does that mean? I just see a lot of teams. Everyone's the same. That, that are mediocre. Yeah, and I, I. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes there's some nights I don't think it's it's very good.
1: Yeah, there are ways to pull yourself out of the, the parody and find some disparity, if you will. Um, some teams have done it. It's just the Tampa Bay has done it now, but they've had to turf one of their most valuable pieces, that third line that helped them do it. So yeah. it, it's, it's a just,
0: bummer of the league. And that's what mediocre that. it is. It's, it's not good. It's not bad. And we got a lot of teams like that. Oh, yeah. No shortage.
2: Tex? Text. Let's do it.
0: All right, McKee, what do we
1: got? What, what are the texters saying today?
2: Um, this is a great one for Kipper. Uh, I think two hours of Kiprios is, uh, is too much. Uh, just go back, <laughs> go back to one hour for <laughs> Ian and Fergus. So there you go, Kipper. Uh, they thought, I like they thought, that he
1: doesn't want you off the air, just less of
2: you. Yeah, he likes a bit of you, but maybe not that much. I'll just sit back like in the cream. second hour. I'm okay.
0: <laughs>
2: Justin, idea. go to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible idea. <laughs> all right. What else we got here? Did, That's did little-
0: I not get ripped on my uh,
2: Nico Hisher the other oh, day? Oh, my. Didn't someone yeah. just I give mean, it to me? I could I can dig up those tweets, but, boy, that guy was sour about your Hisher sure, he- sure takes.
1: I have all the time in the world
2: okay. to get disagreed with in one or a two-part text
1: at most. A seven-part text tweet sorry a seven part tweet is just you're off the rails
0: so the other day I I mentioned that uh, maybe New Jersey might be a good player for Kevin Adams and the Buffalo Sabres and I think at that point Jack Hughes was hurt but the news did not come down about a dislocation and this is really bad news for New Jersey and and Jack Hughes in particular that he's dislocate dislocation is bad it's recurring it's right? really it can... tough now he doesn't need surgery they say but he doesn't need surgery until he gets hit again mm-hmm. uh,
1: That's a and
0: awful. that is a last case scenario you're going to try to rehab this but a guy in his early 20s that dislocates his shoulder is going to be really tough right now that this doesn't need taped up every game such a pain does like if you may try to get them through the year but often this thing does lead to getting it fixed yeah and i just think a jack eichel could come in there and it would take a nico hischer he's a good hockey player and uh we had Craig Rave on the other day talking about it and it will take a marquee player to go back to Buffalo. Are also, we not, if you're not
1: willing to give up Nico Hischier
0: for Eichel? Like what are you doing? Are we not in agreement that it's going to take that type of player, that type of star for Buffalo to want coming back? Yeah,
1: I'm a big fan of getting proven talent for mystery boxes. Like Hischier, we're not sure what his ceiling is, but it ain't it ain't Jack Eichel.
2: Yeah, that was just according to our boy uh Adam Juros, uh, dude, your day, take on the Devils uh was atrocious. Hughes and Heesher combined are an inch taller than the top two line centers that just won back to back cups, Kipper. Oh my Not god. Not to mention their third line center was five nine, and you're completely ignored the fact he was made captain last year, Kipper. You ignored it. Oh my a whole inch? Classic old boys school old school boys club take. Classic.
0: There you go. Sammy, why didn't you tell me I was dealing with a whole inch? I would have never said <laughs> it. I would have never said it if I knew it was an inch.
2: Um, I'm, I'm-
0: <laughs> Even Sheldon agrees with me. I'm,
2: I'm lost for words. All right. So this, this text we just got is very interesting to me. I'm tired of hearing day in and day out on this radio station about St. Zach Hyman. Ooh. Yes, I'm sad he's gone. However, he didn't do anything in the playoffs either. He must not be listening to our show very often. Do we mention Hyman that often? I feel like we've mentioned uh, we him like probably, two or three times all year. Probably do. You think? I don't know. Can I go in on Hyman a bit? I, yes. I,
0: I, yeah, you go first.
1: So I, I we were going to talk about this earlier in the season. Actually, maybe we did it in a test show. But, like, I have this theory on Zach Hyman that his superpower is caring when other people don't care. It's consistency and bringing it on – Tuesday in January in Columbus in game 47 Hyman is the same player you get all year the problem is in playoffs everyone raises their level like Hyman brings it every night he doesn't have a gear beyond the one you see all the time so everyone thinks of him as this great playoff player and this guy who's perfect for playoffs but I don't know if he's as much of an, ad- an advantage as people think because he's his superpower again is, is consistency and everyone brings in the playoffs
0: see I, I agree that Over the last few months that there have been a lot of people out there that thought that Zach Hyman has has been a driving force for Matthews and Marner and Tavares at times. And I I don't agree with that. But I do agree with what you're basically saying, that this guy is legit when it comes to 17 to 19 minutes a night. Mm -hmm. And it is... It's not easy over the course of 82 games, and there've been some clunkers for him too. Don't kid yourself. Yeah, it, it goes. No, nobody's playing 82 great games, but those are legit minutes when he's 17, 19 minutes a night. And it goes to our earlier conversations about Nick Ritchie. Like you're hard pressed to get 12 solid minutes out of Nick Ritchie. Mm-hmm. Nick Ritchie cannot bring Zach Hyman seventeen or nineteen minutes a night, so it it was well worth it, I think, in in, in this short term, and I think we're seeing the benefits now, even to McDavid's eleven points in four games of a Zach Hyman. Zach Hyman now has brought better balance to the first two lines.
1: So you're on on with St. Hyman that he is that valuable a player.
0: I just I, I he's a good solid top six guy that added a depth yeah. and he's spread it out a little bit for Dave Tippett. And I think that McDavid now doesn't have to worry about Robin Peter to pay Paul when, when he loses dry yeah. and there are going to be some nights when dry not with him. And, but those top six now in Edmonton, Look drastically different they with did. Hyman in. And-
1: Plus, Sammy, they loved him here because he earned not enough money, right? Mm-hmm. We've talked about that in this I, show too.
2: Listen, I know it's four games, but is Bunting $5 million worse than Zach Hyman? No chance. So,
0: no. I'll, I'll, I will say this that <laughs> I would almost want. You want Bunting at 950 no, or no, Hyman no, 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 at five? No, I. I, I I would have rather have the Leafs kept Connor Brown all this time yeah. and let Hyman go. Wow. I'm here for okay? that take. Yeah, I as mean, as I'm, I'm watching. Guy. I'm watching Connor Brown in Ottawa turn himself into a Zach Hyman.
1: Oh, absolutely! And you know what else? And not you don't. Not, you're not paying five and a half million bucks. You know who I thought of the other day that the the Leafs also need uh, Mason Marchment. Mason Marchment in Florida, who will punch someone in the face and score goals.
2: He's playing for the Florida Panthers right now, who is in the system. He's playing
0: with Barkov last year. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, that, I mean, that, that never mattered. They traded, what was it, Malgin? Was it old Dennis Malgin? Got Dennis Malgin. Where, where did he end up in Europe? Oh, he's in Switzerland now. He's making chocolate.
0: Like, <laughs> no, nobody talks about that, that you let an asset go like that. You know, the, him and Connor Brown, like, a lot of the... Like, if you had Marchment, even in the playoffs he, last year, you don't need to spend a first and a fourth on Nick Foligno.
1: Probably don't even have Curtis Gabriel. Like, Marchman's not heavy, but he'll punch you in the face.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: right. We got more, Sammy?
2: Yes, sir. This is for you, Bourne, and it's about your Carolina Hurricanes take. Okay. So, Bourne, quick question. This is from Patrick out in Saskatoon. We love the listeners from across Canada.
1: Love Saskatoon.
2: Is it still a good thing if they beat the Leafs and stir up the David Ayers incident? Personally, I think them not saying anything speaks louder than them trying to up, jump up and down and say, look at me. Thoughts? I think it is. And so
1: it would be petty, and I would hate it, and I would think it was classless and unprofessional. But, like, the Canes are in the news. The Canes are good. The Canes are in your face. It reminds me of who do you, Brad Marchand or Tyler Bertuzzi or one of those guys who's uh, just in your face and you can't deny them. The Canes off the ice, their social media team, is in your face and undeniable right now. And uh, you, don't, you don't have to love it or respect it, but it's effective. How about that?
0: Listen it. We'd be talking about the Canes. The Canes are a team now that could end up in a Stanley Cup final or with a Little luck, One of Hockey's
1: best teams, I think.
0: Or with a little luck win the Stanley Cup. We are talking about them. They don't need this.
1: Yeah, that's a, you here, know, here, here... We're if, talking if, about a
0: more because of this. If, I don't think any difference. If they on were that. Chicago at 0 and 4 or if they were uh Then I a, want them a, to a, shut up. Th- no. <laughs> but but then but then if if you want to make noise then then I buy your theory that nobody would be talking about us, so at least they're talking about us. But that'd oh, be way worse. If they were bad in doing this, way worse. You would hate it. It would be way worse, but it would at least make sense to me.
1: Yeah. They're doing enough on the ice that they don't need like, to do this. They
0: are 3-0, and oh, and we're not talking about how good they are. We're talking about how classless they are. So
1: that's an effective point. They're taking away from positive conversation about them. That's a good point. Thank you. So, if they, you Every know.
0: once in a while, I can throw one out. Right? <laughs> but I can't if I'm only on for one hour.
1: <laughs> you need the second hour to come so, across a couple of them.
2: Come so, on. yeah, and they've got one of the league's best goalies, uh, Carolina Hurricanes, Freddie, Freddie Anderson. Oh,
1: I've heard of him. 3-0. and How's the
2: save percentage right now for Freddie? Uh, he's 3-0 and with a nine three eight save. 96 shots against, 90 saves. Pretty good start uh, for old Freddie down there. He's just... He doesn't like the red lobster or the uh, blue lobster. <laughs> what are we calling Jack Campbell? The blue lobster? Yes.
1: Uh, yeah. Freddie's going to make 48 saves against the Leafs this week, and that's just the way life works. That's hockey.
2: Okay. We, it's funny you mentioned Tyler Bertuzzi because we have a text about him. Oh no. No, it's not. It's. Uh, oh no. It's actually okay. Well, hey guys, what are your thoughts on Tyler Bertuzzi? He was tied for first in goals with Kopitar a few days ago. And rumor was that the Leafs were interested in acquiring him last season. Is this guy the next Tom Wilson? Is there a potentially a Tom Wilson-esque Get out of here. A, Hey, listen. Is there a potentially Tom Wilson-esque up and coming player that you'd like to shout out or are there are there not? And that's from a t- guy that texts all the time, SJ in North York. So thank you. Sorry, I I did
1: shut that down at is he going to be like Tom Wilson? But there are there more players like Tom Wilson in the league or or guys on the way? No. Like impossible to find those guys
0: impossible today A kipper is there oh man again uh i was just talking about defense and just stay at home clear the front of the net yeah high and hard off the glass good first pass five million bucks same thing with these roles if i'm a guy and i could just even be a poor man's tom wilson i can make three sheets no problem all day long
1: you got to sell yourself as the poor man's Tom Wilson. But you I, I, so I don't,
0: I, nothing comes to mind. I got to be honest with you when it comes to uh, that that role and and how many guys are truly out there that can play that role. Like
1: Bertuzzi's effective, but there's just a totally different type of player to me. You know, there's no intimidation factor with Bertuzzi. You know, and that's Wilson. You got teams readjusting their lineup because they're going to play him, possibly trading for players because the, you know, in the division he's there. You know, trying to match lines differently because he's on the ice. He, he just has such an effect on the game before he even touches the ice, which is, you know, if I may be so bold to make the comparisons, Clark Gillies-esque. You know, play him on the top line to the great players because he's also intimidating and can finish. It's, it's rare to find.
2: What, one of my worst takes is that I was really like, that's a stupid contract for Tom Wilson. How could you pay him all that money? And it's just like, oh, my God, that's such a bad take in retrospect. Because I love owning a bad take, Because he's the way. so effective. Like, he, he's and a guy he that is, every team in the league he wants. He is hated, team. too. Oh, yeah. Wilson. He is hated. But it's, he no, yeah. oh, yeah. but it's because he can play. No, of course not. But the rest of the play. league. That's why. It's not because he's just a face puncher, because he is a face puncher, does a bunch of dumb stuff, but he can play. That's he's, the big... he's
1: got five apples already. Yeah. I'm just oh, uh,
2: and, and And he can
0: skate. Mm-hmm. And Josh Anderson is. Josh just doesn't have that mean streak that Tom has. No. That's the only thing missing because yeah, Josh a Anderson is. As we've seen, uh, one of the best skaters for a big man you'll, you'll ever find.
1: Right,
0: Man, can he can get up the ice and can he
2: cut into the middle?
1: It's crazy how much value there is to being able to be angry with some consistency.
2: Um, this one must come. This must have been from Texter uh, Stewie. Uh, do the Senators make the playoffs over the Leafs? Let me answer that question for you. No.
0: <laughs> Stewie has him in the playoffs, eh?
2: Yeah, he loves him in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, that balloon line isn't quite ready. I think yeah. they'll be there soon.
2: I really do, but it's it's not now.
0: You know it's what I still, like about them I'm is still, they have an identity. I'm still torn on Brady Kachuk at uh, over eight million bucks.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm I'm a big believer. I'm a Kachuk believer. He, he's top five in shots last year. Twenty one years old. You know, no, he does these other things that we're talking about. How about, you know, he might be relevant in the Tom Wilson conversation, just in that he will fight you. He will play physical and mean, and he will contribute offensively.
0: Okay. So pay him Tom Wilson money. (laughs) Why 8.2? Why not five, five and a half? The
1: projection is that he can be a 40 goals. No, 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 no. He
0: made two and a half million dollars because Ottawa was so scared that he'd walk out the door in three or four years.
1: You think he's a $6 million player?
0: Yeah, I, I would have probably I wouldn't have gone to eight, I can tell you that. Well,
1: you'd be watching him play. Is for he ever gonna score
0: then. uh a point a game?
1: I think he's gonna
0: I think he's gonna score. Is he capable of being a point he has a game a
1: 36 guy? Thirty six goal season. Ah, uh, fringe,
0: fringe, oh, fringe. So is he a fifty, sixty? Yes. What are you getting him? Because I seventy. We, we seventy point guy.
1: But eighty two games, he can get you. Oh, boy. 65 to 70. How about that? I just hedged it down five. You notice that? Yeah, I saw it. I that. <laughs> you teased that yeah. line down a little bit. I did bit. tease it. Uh yeah, paid the juice on that. Well, what do we think this weekend, boys?
0: It's good. How many points if, do you need this weekend for success from the Leafs? Three. Yeah,
2: I'll take three. So what do you got planned this weekend? Uh, I'm go- golfing. What are you doing? I have children. I don't leave the house, man. I'm going to the game tonight. Sammy. Um, I'm going I'm going apple picking or something. I don't you, know what the hell I'm doing this weekend. Uh, you you're going to your mother-in-law's on the weekend? <laughs> yeah, I am. I love her very much. I can't wait, fellas. <laughs> does she have cable, oh, Sammy? Yeah. Oh, yeah I got hey, cable. does she have cable in the liquor cabinet? <laughs> <laughs> Sportsnet now, streaming. Have oh. fun,
0: Sammy. Oh, yeah. have thanks, fun. boys. Good week. If the Leafs don't have... Two goals by the 10-minute mark in the first period. Something's wrong. They're rested. They're ready to go. They got a tired San Jose Got to start better. Got to start better. 6 p.m. Enjoy the game, everybody. Thanks for listening. Real Kipper and Bourne.